Thank you for joining me here on the Recovery Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Jaworski. Before I jump into our topic today, I wanted to address a question from a listener. A listener asked me, why do I run the Recovery Executive Podcast and why do we have a particular focus on the business end of things? And I thought that was a great question. I realized I had never really addressed it in any of the previous episodes. So I wanted to take a minute to give some background. So we work with addiction treatment centers across the company, or my company does. And one of the biggest gaps I saw was operational knowledge about running a business. There's all this great information out there about running clinical programs. We have lots of conferences, right? There's a lot of people to talk to. There's a lot of publications, professional associations, et cetera. But there is almost nothing that focuses on the business end. And as we've very clearly seen, you know, in the past year here, if you don't know how to run a lean, efficient operation, you're going to close. I mean, centers are closing left and right these days, right? I mean, we just had Sovereign file for bankruptcy, Elements Behavioral, The Shores, Morningside is filing for bankruptcy, right? All these big stalwarts in the field, you know, however you feel about them, operationally they didn't know how to run things well and so they're closing and this is happening with big operators it's happening with the small operators and so i saw this with our clients i saw this in the field and i realized that we have this huge problem in the u.s with people that need treatment and they need recovery and they can't do it on their own right they need professional help but we can't provide that professional help if we're not here with open doors tomorrow and as someone with a personal background in starting and helping run a lot of businesses. I actually used to be a turnaround guy for school systems years and years ago. So I would get called in for a failing school. I would go in, I would flip it, get it back on track. And because of that background, I saw what needed to be done within the treatment space and said, okay, I see what we need in terms of operations, in terms of marketing, in terms of outreach. That's not happening right now. How can we share both what I know as well as more specifically experts in the field and what they know to help other centers. Because we all know that you can't just start a program and have it running great in a year, right? It takes five, 10 or more years to build a really, really good program that's operating well with a great clinical team. That's not something that's gonna happen overnight. And I feel so sad because I see some of the really great operators that had a great clinical program that are closing. And that shouldn't be happening just because they don't have the business knowledge, right? They were in recovery themselves, they started a business, or they have a clinical degree and they wanted to help people, so they started this business, right? And before operating profits were so high, with insurance reimbursements being so high, the demand was so high, with so little competition that you could run a really horrible, inefficient business and still be profitable. And so centers were able to skate by for a long, long time. And that's no longer the case. If you're not running a really great value-based business that runs a lean operation on top of running a great clinical program, you're not gonna be around tomorrow to continue helping patients. So I hope that answers my listeners' questions or anyone else's questions around, you know, why do we have the focus of the podcast that we do and, and what's my goal with it? So as always, the Recovery Executive Podcast is brought to you by Circle Social Inc., uh, experts in strategic marketing and growth for addiction treatment and behavioral health clinics. Today we are speaking with Parker Polidor. He is the owner and founder of Cared For. It's an alumni engagement app. And Parker has some really great information around what engages alumni, how you need to engage alumni, 
and how alumni engagement can even have a positive effect on your team and how your team, whole team, not just an alumni engagement coordinator, but your whole team needs to be involved in alumni engagement. And we also have discussions around the data and things like value-based care and the trend in the field that's moving in that direction. So very excited to share his interview with you. Let's listen in. Hey, Parker, welcome to the show. I appreciate you coming on. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your company? Thanks so much, Nick. Yeah, my name is Parker. And I'm the co-founder of Cared For. Uh, Cared For works with about 50 different uh, addiction treatment programs across the country. And we provide a branded app for alumni to help to keep alumni connected and engaged post-treatment, helping treatment programs to improve outcomes and to increase referrals. Great. So we met at a conference a while ago, and I was interested to hear on the alumni piece because I think it's something that many centers struggle with. So I'm excited to talk to you today about what you've seen with alumni engagement, what you see working, whether it's with your app or maybe outside of it. So first, why don't you kind of give us an overview of why you chose to focus your company around alumni and what value you think that provides to treatment centers? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Uh, this is our, our third startup. So we've been very successful at starting and growing companies. And, and after our last company was acquired, um, you know, we had some time to figure out, you know, what was the, the next phase of our, of our business journey? Uh, and I've always had friends and family members who had struggled with addiction. Uh, and I understood the importance of that support and encouragement in community. But since, since I'm not in recovery, I never knew what to do or what to say. And so in many cases, I, I wouldn't do or say anything at all. And I thought there was a big opportunity, a big gap, if you will, um, to, to do a better job, you know, providing that support and encouragement to those who are just being discharged from treatment. Uh, so the, the product clearly has evolved um, significantly over the past two and a half years or so, uh, in large part based on the feedback we've received from our early customers. And, and we've ended up in a place where Care for now provides a, a high-level um, touch point to, to all people who are leaving treatment. So those who are leaving treatment tomorrow, as well as, as, as alumni who have left treatment months or years ago, cared for is a great opportunity for them to stay connected and engaged to each other, as well as being able to stay connected and in touch with the treatment program. All of this helps to provide the support and encouragement that we know that is absolutely necessary for those in early recovery. So can you expand on that a little bit more? What do you feel the treatment centers are getting out at specifically? Okay, they're staying connected, but you know, where does the value kind of come in there? And then for the alumni, again, they're getting that community. You know, do you have specific information or feedback you've gotten from users about why they value it so much? Yeah, and so actually, let's, let's flip that around, Nick. Uh, you know, we always start from, from, with our company, we call it the value at first touch. And we want to provide as much value as quickly as possible to, to alumni. Because if alumni don't use the app, then, um, then the treatment center won't be able to get any value out of it. So our first priority is making sure that alumni are getting a lot of value from the Cared For platform. So that value comes in, in a number of different ways. So clearly the core of the Cared For platform is all about community. Uh, alumni need an opportunity to stay connected and engaged with each other for support, for encouragement, for inspiration. Uh, and we can provide that within the Cured for platform. So it's a private, invite-only, HIPAA-compliant community uh, that, that does provide just a tremendous amount of support and encouragement to alumni. As alumni begin to use the app more often, that, that encouragement and that support network continues to grow. And then we've layered in you know, a number of other features into the app. 
content. So we're bringing in some of the best uh, recovery-inspired content from across the internet to uh, to inspire, to educate, and to entertain alumni. We have gamifications and gratitude journals that are all all built into the platform, making it a an incredibly engaging platform uh, and experience for for all of the alumni. Hmm, interesting. So you know you're. Clearly, I think we have some of the same ideas in terms of entrepreneurship and data. So I'm sure as you have built this app over the years and seen all the feedback and information, what have you seen evolve in terms of what alumni need that they particularly engage with or find value with inside of this kind of app construct? You know, initially the, the app was really focused solely on this idea of community and definitely community is the core. But one of the things that has been really interesting is that as we've added in, you know, other features um, to to see how that has changed the engagement patterns with with our users and with the alumni who are using the app. So, for example, you know, at the beginning of 2018, you know, we were seeing on average that alumni were spending about three minutes and five seconds every time they log onto the app, which is still a, a, a great um, sort of a great time and app number. But as we move through 2018, as of last month, that number is up to about four minutes and 15 seconds. Hmm. And so we've seen a, almost a, you know, about a 40% increase in, um, in, in engagement within the app because we've looked at adding in new features like content and uh, challenges and gamification and those little, little components along the way are making the app um, much more sticky and engaging. We've also added in private HIPAA compliant messaging to make it easy for alumni to get in touch with the treatment program. Uh, and we're seeing that uh, evolve over time and that more and more alumni are using that as a channel to uh, maybe to, to connect on a more personal level with um, the treatment professionals at the, at the program. Hmm. Now you talk about the gamification and the stickiness, you know, we've run marketing for apps before and it can sometimes be easy to get people to download and install an app, but then getting them to continue to use it, especially after that three month mark is really a challenge. So I'm kind of interested in, you know, what, what numbers do you see in terms of people continuing to use the app regularly? And it sounds like you kind of gave us some information around stickiness, but anything else that you do to prompt people to get back into it and keep using it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, you know, we use a, a series of tools for, for re-engagement because you're absolutely right, Nick. Um, you know, in many cases, it's easy to get someone to download the app, uh, but then the engagement rate can fall pretty significantly after those first, you know, two or four weeks. Um, and so we use a number of tools to keep users in, um, re-engaged. So whether that's re-engagement messaging through intercom, uh, adding in new features, uh, or, you know, using the in-app messaging and in-app notifications to be able to, to post and to share content that we know has been, uh, that we know that provides value to, to alumni. Hmm. But even after that three-month mark, right, we're still seeing engagement rates uh, of about 65%. Oh, wow. And people are logging on, you know, between five and seven times per month. Wow. So, you know, we're, we're still very happy with, with the level of engagement that we're seeing even post that three-month mark. Yeah, that's really good at least compared to some of the other apps that we've worked with in the past. Very interesting. Um, did you say that you work with Intercom? You talked about the CRM? Uh, so we use Intercom uh, from a from a, uh, a notification standpoint oh, okay. to, to run re-engagement campaigns within, within the app. I was just wondering because I actually just found those guys uh, maybe a month and a half ago, and they're great. 
They have a really good CRM. <laughs> yeah, they, they do. Right. They do. They, yeah, they do a lot of things for sure. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Well, okay. So you've got a lot of stuff that you're seeing in the app. You know, what kind of advice would you have for centers about what you've learned in terms of what engages people, what keeps them involved, uh, and what maybe centers could use outside of apps to help build alumni engagement as well? Yeah. You know, the, the first thing that we recommend is to, to, to really to know your alumni. Uh, you know, because w there's treatment programs of all different shapes and sizes. Some are catering to a young audience. Some are catering to an older audience. Some are gender specific. Others, um, you know, are, are gender agnostic. And so it really depends on, on your individual treatment program. So the first thing I would say is, you know, look at, look at your alumni base uh, and, and even poll them. Ask them what is most important to them. And use that as the as the foundation to build your alumni program, and so that's that's the first piece. The second piece is then you know understanding what provides them value. So once you you know have a better understanding of the alumni, uh, your alumni program or, or your your alumni who make up the program, you know really pull them to figure out what are the things that that they want. And it's important to look at alumni, not just alumni who are local who can go to alumni events, because oftentimes that there is a you know, a focus on providing, you know, different types of alumni events, which without a doubt does provide real value, but only provides value to those who are clearly in the area and who can go to those events. You know, there's a lot of alumni who, who leave the treatment program, uh, you know, post-discharge and they go back home or they move to another part of the country. And so we need to make sure that, you know, uh, you're finding ways to engage and provide value to those users as well. For sure. So, that's a real interesting question there. And I don't know if you guys see anything with the partner centers you work with or in the data, but obviously you have clear benchmarks and general terms about what works with alumni. Do you see particular centers doing things that's very unique to their alumni um, audience or group that other centers aren't doing? Is that pretty common? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, from, from time to time, you know, we see uh, treatment programs really dial in to, you know, to what's, um, what's special, right, or what's important to their to their alumni. One of the things that we definitely have seen, uh, both within the app and without the app, is is always bringing back that emotional connection and that emotional mm -hmm. relevancy to between the alumni and and the program. You know, if you kind of take a step back and you look at uh, someone who's gone through, you know, a 30-day residential program, there are people, places, and traditions at these programs that hold a lot of emotional weight and emotional value mm. uh, and, and reminding the uh, reminding alumni about those people, places and traditions can, can take them back to a place um, that, that clearly is very special and a, a place that's life changing. And so, you know, that can be anything from, you know, um, the, the bell tower right, on campus where, you know, there was a, you know, a, a, a daily meditation, or maybe it's the smile from the gardener, right, or the groundskeeper who had been there for 20 years, uh, and how that smile made, you know, made you feel in, in the morning. You know, we've even seen it, um, you know, attachment to different types of service animals. So if there's an equine therapy program, you know, treatment centers reminding stat, or reminding alumni about you know specific service animals, uh, and we've seen that be really impactful uh, in just reinforcing that connection uh, 
between uh, alumni and the treatment program. Hmm. I love that because I see that so often within the treatment space where, I mean, even on the marketing end where we work, whether they're sending out emails or sending out notifications to alumni or even just general outreach, it's so generic a lot of the time. You know, there's no emotional connection. There's no personalization. And when you change that dynamic, I mean, even as something as simple as like celebrating sober birthdays every month in your email newsletters has a huge impact on the people opening them, your click-through rates. I mean, the engagement is so much higher when you personalize and bring that emotion. So I, I love that. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, so, you know, when you're dealing with the alumni program, sometimes from a more executive level or a business level, there's a question mark of like, well, why should we pay for this, right? These people have left our center. You know, there is kind of a cost to maintaining that engagement, though we know it probably helps with clinical outcomes. So that's important. But from a monetary perspective, you know, is there value in this? So what would you say when you're dealing with executives that are questioning the, the financial ends of running these kinds of engagement programs? You know, Nick, we look at um, ROI in, in a couple of different ways. Um, you know, most people look at ROI as return on investment. We look at ROI as risk of ignoring. The risk of ignoring your alumni is far too great. You cannot afford to ignore alumni. Uh, outcomes are at stake. Reputation is at stake. Referrals is, is at stake, right? Mm -hmm. um, lives are at stake. And so, you know, we, we begin to, to paint the picture that, you know, what happens if, if you choose not to invest in alumni? What does that risk of ignoring look like? And you can quantify the risk of ignoring just like you can quantify the return on investment. Mm. Um, and so that, that's the first place we start. Okay? And then we look at return on investment uh, and, and begin to, to better understand, you know, what does that, that financial return look like to treatment programs? Um, you, know, in, in, you know, if we look at it from today, um, value-based care is not something that is prevalent within the behavioral health industry. Um, but we know that that's, that's where things are moving. Uh, things like bundle payments and, and being able to have, um, you know, uh, increased reimbursement uh, and, and sharing risk between payers and providers. We know that's where the market is going. Mm -hmm. um, and so so that is definitely one component of the conversation. But, but the other component is clearly referrals. Um, you know, treatment programs expect, you know, somewhere between 20 and 30 percent of their net new patients to come from referrals, mm -hmm. not from readmits from referrals mm -hmm. um, and so you know we know that the, the more you can stay connected and engaged with your alumni um, the more likely you are to achieve those referrals those those referrals um, they have a much lower uh, acquisition cost than traditional patients patients they have a higher likelihood of completing treatment and they have uh, overall better outcomes post-treatment yeah. So it really is a win-win-win from, you know, from a referral standpoint. Yeah, I love that you talk about that opportunity cost because so many people don't think in those directions, but what are you losing by not doing it is a fantastic way to often look at things. Yeah, interesting conversation. Um, so with your app, do you engage families at all as well, or is it just the individual alumni themselves? No, absolutely. So you know, we engage families in a number of different ways. Uh, so within the Care for Platform, there are ways to have different teams or groups. 
Um, so one group could be for alumni. Another group oftentimes is for, for families. So families, they also need that support, encouragement, community. Families feel alone, isolated, and ignored, um, and they need the, the opportunity to feel like they're not alone, right? Mm-hmm. To feel like there's somebody at the other end of the phone who gets them, who cares about them, uh, even if they can't offer them, you know, even if they can't take away their pain. Families just want to know that there's other people out there who are living through similar fears and challenges and experiences, uh, and that's what we see from a family standpoint. But, you know, that's families who are in treatment. We think there's a lot of opportunities, and we're beginning to work with treatment programs today. How do you engage families before they even get into treatment? So mm-hmm. families oftentimes are, you know, the ones who are making those first calls yep. to get help for their son, their daughter, their spouse, or their loved one. They're calling between five and seven treatment programs, desperate for information, desperate mm-hmm. to find help. You know, how do you... How do you establish yourself? How does a program convince a family member in that very first call that they are an ethical, credible provider that can help? Yep. You know, and how do you submit that relationship right in the first few minutes? We think there's a number of ways that uh, an app can help. Right, an app can provide that um, that that opportunity for authentic connection. Uh, and provide impactful content and valuable resources. Uh, and it provides just another touch point between the provider and the family member. Uh, and as families are calling, you know, up to seven different programs, if, if your app is on their phone and if you are delivering them tangible value every couple of days, um, then you're going you're gonna to own that relationship. And if you own the relationship, you'll have the best opportunity uh, to, to help that family member. Yep, that's exactly it. You know, most treatment centers are so short-sighted and they don't understand that you have to build trust with these demographics, right? In the past, you could kind of get away with it just because there were so many people in acute distress and there weren't, there wasn't a lot of competition. Plus insurance covered a lot of it. So if I'm not gonna pay for treatment, I'm willing to try anything. But now with deductibles so high, if I'm paying a couple thousand dollars out of pocket, there's no way in hell that I'm coming into a treatment center that I don't trust, right? So can you bring people in for family programs, video counseling, app engagement, whatever you do that builds trust with a potential audience, that's gonna drive your admissions down line. And I think most treatment centers don't understand that at any given time, there's only about 10% of people that are ready to make a decision, right? So 90% of your potential audience, your potential admissions are not ready right now. You've got to work with them over usually a couple months. I mean, we just had a client that we had like literally last week, they got a message from someone that has been following our content since January and they just became a patient, you know? I mean, so that's a guy that's eight months, eight months that they've been following content before they made a decision. But they made that decision because like you said, there was value provided for them for that entire eight months. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, um, you know, it, it's really the, the long game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's all about providing value. Right? So, you know, whether it, it, it all starts with value, it yep. really is value at first touch, whether it's value for alumni or value for families. Um, you know, treatment centers need to reframe these conversations and to, to really to focus on providing value. If you mm-hmm. can provide value to these families, 
um, over the long term, everything else will, will fall into place. Yep. Yeah. Treatment centers are so used to the old AdWords and stuff where there was no competition, there was low insurance deductibles or none, and you could run a crappy ad campaign and get people to call your center. And that's not the case anymore. You have to build trust over time and, and they haven't figured out that long game. So I think that's definitely an interesting conversation. So I think a big mistake that a lot of treatment centers make with their alumni programs is they don't start their alumni program until after discharge, you know, where I am often saying that you need to start that alumni engagement from the second they walk in the door, get them connected with their programs, what's going on. You know, is that something that you guys recommend as well, especially with your app? You know, uh, you know, we don't necessarily see that on our side. So, you know, we work with, you know, as I mentioned, a number of programs and, and some amazing programs like Pinnacle and Ashley and Retreat and Cirque Lodge and, and, a, and a number of others. Um, and, you know, they are, they are beginning to lay the foundation for alumni, for, you know, very early on within the program. Um, and so that, you know, they're, they're talking about alumni support services post-treatment. They're talking about the app in treatment and mm -hmm. how important the app is. And so they're definitely doing a good job of, uh, of connecting those dots and, and to build excitement, to build enthusiasm um, so that, you know, when an alumni leaves treatment, that, um, you know, they have, that they're already connected in, in a couple of different ways um, and that, you know, they're, they're able to, to build that excitement as early on as possible. Yeah, that's great. And I'm sure maybe you even have some data on it, but you know, the centers that are kind of talking to people throughout the program when they're in treatment, I, am, I would assume that your use rates, your open rates, your download rates, everything like that are higher with those centers and ones that just say on discharge, oh, by the way, we have an app, you should engage with it. Oh, without a doubt, you know, so, you know, we, we have, um, you know, when you look at, alumni there, there's there's two kind of groups of alumni you, you have alumni who clearly are being discharged on a on a daily weekly monthly basis and then you have all the alumni you know before the app was rolled out that had been discharged uh you know you have a much higher chance of engaging an alumni who is just now leaving treatment than you do of engaging alumni who has been out of treatment for two or three years in fact at the end of six months studies show that treatment programs will be connected to less than 50% of alumni. Hmm. At the end of a year, they'll be connected with less than 10%. So, you know, the, the, there really is, uh, from a time perspective, it is critical that early on you, um, you know, you're connecting with those alumni, um, you know, even before they leave treatment uh, and, and casting that vision of what a, a powerful alumni program looks like so that you can get them bought in. Wow, that's that's really powerful. I mean, if you think of less than 10% being connected after a year, I mean, how that affects clinical outcomes, how that affects potential referrals, geez. So do you guys have data around, you know, at the year point, do you see a, a much higher level of alumni touch points and engagement, you know, with people using the app? Yeah, I mean, we see, um, you know, within the app, you know, we, we look at different types of engagement. So you know we we don't have any um, we don't have any data we, you know within our app we don't actually know um, if somebody is a a recent alumni or an old oh, alumni or, or when when they were discharged um, so you know you know as we as we explore other integrations and and other ways to capture that data we definitely begin to to fill out what we call a progressive profile 
just to begin to really better understand you know, who all these users are in the app when they when they left treatment, how long they have you know, um, you know how long since they've been discharged, and, and use that to better serve serve up you know very tailored and personalized experiences within the app. Okay, and kind of going back to the executive question, sometimes you know something that I think a lot of centers struggle with is, is patience and giving things the right amount of time to build momentum because momentum is so important to get anything to work. Have you noticed that, you know, when you first implement the app with a new treatment center, that maybe engagement rates start off a little bit lower, but then as they figure it out, they integrate into their program, they get better about recommending it, that that grows over time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, with anything, um, launching a product is a work in progress. Uh, there's a number of moving pieces. And if you want to do it successfully, you really need to engage, you know, um, teams and departments outside of just alumni. Um, and so it, it is natural to, to see early on that engagement may be a bit low and then it builds, um, you know, it, it can build pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, as a company, right, one of our jobs is to be able to shorten that timeline and that ramp up period as much as possible. So, you know, we've you know, created a, a, a playbook, if you will, we call it a, a quick start guide that walks treatment programs through specifically, you know, what they need to do to shorten the ramp time as much as possible. And one of those things is to, um, to start with sort of for the first two weeks with just a few staff members and a, a few, you know, a few alumni ambassadors or, or alumni that you're, you're connected with. It's really important when you do a, a sort of a, a larger launch to alumni to have a sort of a, a base built up. There needs to be content and there needs to be conversations. There needs to be activity and engagement within the app because no one wants to, to download the app and we call it the, you know, the empty room syndrome where there's no one here mm. and people are going to bounce out. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's, it's really important for technology providers to, to set the stage and to be able to share, you know, um, the, the ways to, to shorten that ramp time and their overall, you know, how to make sure the app is successful. Because as a, as a technology provider, um, you know, my long-term success is, is built upon the success of our, of our partners and of our treatment programs. Sure. And so, you know, clearly we want to do whatever we can. Uh, we have an entire, you know, customer success team that is working daily, you know, uh, holding the hands and, and working in partnership with treatment programs um, to, to make sure the, not only the app launches successfully, but there's, you know, ongoing engagement. So you mentioned pulling in other people within the center. I think that's a really important point. You know, some centers have alumni engagement coordinators. Now, a lot of them, if they are doing alumni, it's kind of delegated to maybe someone that does community outreach. It's a small part of their job, whatever. How do you recommend that centers engage, you know, multiple departments and multiple staff in the alumni process? You know, if, if you put your, if you try to, you know, put yourself in the shoes of an alumni who has just left treatment, you know, they, they were touched uh, and impacted by the entire team. And, and if our goal is to uh, keep alumni engaged, right, we have to continually remind them and to, to bring in elements of other, of other departments, you know, within the app. So, you know, a good example um, may be talking about, 
you know, from a food service standpoint, you know, if there's a certain type of meal that was served on a certain day, maybe the food service team does a post in the app just to just to remind them or talk about something new that they're experimenting. You know, the, one of the, the biggest opportunities is for, you know, therapists and clinicians and other staff members, right? These staff members have a, a relationship with alumni. Imagine the difference when a, an alumni says, like, hey, I've been sober for 35 days. Imagine the difference that, you know, your team can make by saying, congratulations, we're proud of you. Keep up the good work, right? Those little bits of little bits and pieces of encouragement are, can work wonders, especially in the first couple of months post-treatment. So, you know, since Care For is private and it's HIPAA compliant, staff members, right, therapists and clinicians, uh, can also use the app to continually support those those alumni. And in fact, you know, we've heard a number of stories and a lot of feedback from staff members on how happy they were to be able to follow the progress of, of their alumni. Because you, you can't connect with them on Facebook. You right. can't be texting them, right, because that violates all sorts of, uh, of privacy and, and, and HIPAA guidelines. But if you can have a private HIPAA compliant secure way of, of staying engaged with alumni, um, you know, that, that helps staff members uh, almost as much as it helps alumni because staff members, you know, they get, you know, they, they hear these stories and they are clearly burdened by, you know, um, the, the challenges and the struggles of alumni or of patients. Uh, and they don't see the change that happens on the other side of treatment all the time, right? Uh, and, and staff members, they love to hear the stories and they love to be able to provide the support uh, to those alumni. And so there's a lot of value in, you know, making sure that the app is, is rolled out, not just to alumni, but to also, you know, other departments and other team members. That's great, because that's so important. You're right, you know, that connection between, especially the therapists and the counselors to the people in the program and as they become alumni is just critical. And most of that gets lost, right? It gets relegated to like an alumni engagement coordinator. Well, you know, that alumni engagement coordinator wasn't in the thick of it during treatment like the therapist was. And it's really interesting, I didn't even think about that, but you're right, that tertiary benefit of having the therapist be more engaged at work and be more committed to the program because they're getting feedback about alumni. Ah, very good, okay. Well, I think that is just really fantastic what you guys are doing. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Is there anything that you kind of want to mention, maybe more about what specifically the app does? Because that's really interesting that you can get, you know, different staff members posting things, um, you've got all these different kinds of content, but anything else that you want to point out about the app or that you just want to mention um, related to alumni engagement for the audience? You know, it's, it's really important to start right away. Even if you have a, a small program or be, even if you, um, you know, are opening soon, um, you can begin to build that foundation for alumni. So, you know, our, our advice and our recommendation is that, you know, you need to start uh, as soon as possible. We know that there are competing priorities uh, at treatment programs, and you know it's difficult to figure out, you know, where to go ahead and spend time and spend money and put the effort. Um, but if, if you make alumni engagement a priority, that will have a number of benefits downstream. 
and and it shows that you are that your heart and your mind is in the right place, uh, that you're investing the resources and doing whatever you can to to help your alumni post treatment. And we see this time and time again. You know, there is a real return on investment if you do the right thing and you're investing in alumni. Uh, and you know, the risk of ignoring or the risk of pushing this you know, another six months down the road is, is far too great. Excellent. So Parker, if people want to get in contact with you or learn more about Cared For, uh, where would they do that? Absolutely. You can check out our website at uh, caredfor.com or feel free to email me at parker at caredfor.com. Uh, you'll be connected to uh, one of our team members and we'll uh, be able to answer any questions you have. Great. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. Again, everyone, this is the Recovery Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Jaworski. Uh, the Recovery Executive Podcast is brought to you by Circle Social Inc., experts in strategic marketing and growth for addiction treatment and behavioral health clinics. Thank you, as always, for listening and look forward to seeing you next time.